0: you may be seated and as you are being seated the children from kindergarten through sixth grade would be dismissed for Children's Church and thank you to Isabel and Michelle for leading us in worship this morning. Grateful for them and their uh, ministry to the Lord and their lead worshiping, leading us as they worshiped this morning. And this morning we look at our continued series on the forty days of prayer—we've uh, looked at so far prayer as worship. Brad uh, shared that message on January first last week. We talked prayer as kingdom partnership, and today prayer as petition. As we are joining with our larger alliance family in walking through uh, the Lord's prayer um, in this forty days of prayer, and so from the Lord's prayer, Matthew six eleven. Jesus said, give us today our daily bread. And so that's where we are taking uh, this message theme from in the Lord's Prayer today of prayer as petition. But we are also taking it from uh, Philippians chapter 4, verses 6 through 7, which says this. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving present your requests to God and the peace of God which transcends all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus we'll be utilizing an efforts or an outline so we can stay in track with our alliance family throughout the Uh, United States, uh, utilizing an outline by Steve Grusendorf this morning uh, so that we can uh, walk through this passage and be hitting these main themes that we'll be looking at as a church family and a larger alliance family. So when I was growing up, on Sunday evenings, we had evening service at church. We were there Sunday morning, there Sunday evening, and on the way home, there was a crucial moment. Because where we went to church in Warren, Ohio, and where we lived, it was about 12 to 15 minutes apart, and there was a main highway that you could take to get from our house to church and vice versa, but there was an intersection between Route 82, State Route 82 in Ohio, and State Route 11 that branched off about midway between church and our home. And this was a very big moment when we approached this because if we went left, we were going home. But if we went right, there was an establishment, Katie's Corner Ice Cream. Homemade ice cream that had probably 30 different homemade flavors. Some of them were off the wall there. You could only find them at Katie's Corner. And when you went, especially in the summer, they had five windows, and each one of those windows would be 20 people deep. It was the place to be. And we loved going to Katie's Corner, especially on that Sunday night. And so when we were about a mile away from that Route 82, Route 11 split, either me or my brother or my sister would start the chant, Kds, Kds, KDs And all it took was one, and it was go from a small chorus to this, hallelujah kind of chorus. KD's, 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 KD's. Come on, join with me. Come on, let's do it. KD's, KD's. You you got it. You're feeling it, right? You're feeling it. And as you came up on that juncture, it was, everyone was holding their breath and it got louder and louder and louder. And if it went left, it was, ah. But if it went right, it was just you thought it was loud in the chant for Katie's, Katie's. It just went through the roof. I don't know how my dad didn't wreck every time it went there. And it would go left, or we would go right, and we would go to Katie's corner, and, and those few minutes between taking that exit to where we actually would get to Katie's corner, it was full of the excitement of, "What am I going to get this time? What am I going?" Oh, it was so exciting. So I ask you, thinking about that, because I think you probably all could relate to that in some way, right? (laughs) Is this what we have to do when we petition God? Do we need to incessantly chant? (laughs) Do we need to yell loudly? Do we need to yell louder and louder to get him to answer the way that we want? Do we demand God? Or do we even coax God? Do we even bargain with God? Or do we approach prayer as petition in a somehow completely different way? This morning, we want to dig in to how a thankful heart can blend two seemingly different approaches into one unified method of godly petition, petition of the Lord. Prayer as petition this morning, sermon notes are in your bulletin, there'll be more notes on the screen if you're a note taker, but these two seemingly different approaches to petitioning God, the first one is scripture teaches us to petition God boldly, to petition God boldly. In Hebrews chapter 4, verses 14 through 16, it says this, Therefore, since we have a great high priest who has gone through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold firmly to the faith we profess. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but we have one who has been tempted in every way, just as we are, yet was without sin. Let us then approach the throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. Jesus, in his life, in his death, and in his resurrection, showed himself to be a loving and sympathetic Savior who understands everything that we go through, he understands our strengths. He understands our weaknesses. He understands what it's like to be sick. He understands what it's like to grieve. He understands what it is like to be tempted, though we praise the Lord that he was without sin. He never gave in to temptation as we do. He is a great high priest. He is a mediator. He is a stand between for us, between God God who is fully aware and fully understands all that we go through and who deeply cares about our needs. We need to understand that that's the character of Jesus. We have one who stands for us that understands and who deeply cares about us. And so the writer of Hebrews says, because that's who he is, let us then approach the throne of grace with confidence. Some translations will say with boldness that we can boldly come to Jesus. We can boldly expect that he is one who both hears and who answers and is able, as we sang this morning, the unstoppable God, there's nothing that is impossible with him. He is able to answer and is able to move in the midst of our needs. A bold prayer petition before God, seeks to alter God's will or at least we may see it that way in order to fit our hope for the current situation. Like when we were chanting, asking for ice cream, seeking to bend our parents' will to ours. Petition God boldly. An example of this prayer, kind of prayer in in scripture, would be found when Abraham was praying and interceding for Sodom and Gomorrah in Genesis chapter 18 verses 20 to 33. God tells him, I am going to destroy the cities of of Sodom and Gomorrah because of the exceeding wickedness that is in those places. And Abraham boldly comes before the Lord and he says, Lord, If there are 50, even 50 righteous people in that city, will you relent? And the Lord says, yes. Abraham asks again, if there are 45, will you relent? Yes. If there are 40, will you relent? Yes. If there are 30, will you relent? If there are 20, Lord, Abraham asks again, will you relent? And it's interesting, after going from 50 to 45 to 40, to 30, as he comes to that asking for 20, he says, now that I have been so bold, in verse 31, now that I have been so bold, if there are just 20, will you relent? Ultimately, going to ask one more time, Lord, if there are just 10, 10 righteous people in that city, those cities, will you relent? And the Lord says, yes boldness boldness can you imagine that interaction between abraham and god as he boldly asked boldly interceded the scriptures tell us that there weren't 10 and what god had decreed took place but it is the evidence it is the picture of a bold prayer two approaches to petitioning god that seem and are rather contradictory. Petition God boldly. The second approach is to petition God humbly. Petition God humbly. James chapter four, verses 10 and 12 say this. Humble yourselves before the Lord, and he will lift you up. James 4.10. In the midst of it, there are, James says in verse 11, don't be judging your neighbor. Don't be judging others because of verse 12. There is only one lawgiver and judge. The one who is able to save and destroy. But you, who are you to judge your neighbor? James is saying God is all-powerful. He has complete authority over our lives and over the lives of all humanity. He has complete authority over our judgment, and he has complete authority over our salvation. And so James's point in verse 10 is, because of who God is, we are to come humbly before him. We are to pray to God in humility. We are to recognize that his authority and his position is so much greater than our own. A humble prayer, a humble prayer of petition seeks to make known our desires to God, while at the same time submitting ourselves to his plans, no matter what. when we were on that approach to that split of which way we were going for ice cream, even though we didn't do it humbly, what really ultimately was going on was whether our parents had already decided we were going to Katie's ice cream. There would be times where I can remember as I got older and the chant would happen seeing my parents look at each other slyly with a little smile. And I began to understand, ooh, I think I know where we're going. Because they were the ones ultimately who made the plans, right? We may have thought that we were bending their will to ours. But really, it was their plans, what they wanted, whether we were going to have ice cream that night or not. An example of a humble prayer is Paul in 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 7 through 10, where he says, In order to keep me humble, I received a thorn in the flesh to keep me humble before the Lord. He says, Three times I asked the Lord, Take this thorn from me. But all three times the Lord said, My grace is. My grace is sufficient for you. Boldly asking, boldly coming to the Lord, take this from me, but surrendering ultimately to the will of the Father, to the will of God, and receiving instead what He was going to give Him. Not removal of that thorn, but grace. Grace that was sufficient to endure it. Grace given to be able to walk through it. These two seemingly different approaches are both biblical. Both of them are right. And oftentimes in scripture, we see things that seem to be completely contradictory, praying boldly and praying humbly. Which brings us to a crucial question that we want to answer this morning, and that is, how can we pray boldly and humbly at the same time? How can we pray boldly and humbly in these two approaches to prayer at the same time? Here's the big idea in the outline this morning, and that is thankfulness grounds our boldness and humility. Thankfulness grounds our boldness and humility. If we go back to Philippians chapter 4, verses 6 again, uh, verses six and 7 again, do not be anxious about anything. And oftentimes when we come to prayer, we're coming with an anxiousness. We're coming with a, Lord, I need you to do something. We're coming with fear. We're coming with being overwhelmed. Lord, I need something. Do not be anxious about anything. But in everything, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And what comes is the peace of God that transcends, goes beyond description and understanding that guards our hearts and our minds in Christ Jesus. Thankfulness is the key in all of that. As we cast aside anxiety, as we pray and petition the Lord with thanksgiving, we present our requests to God. So let's unpack this for a moment. Thankfulness grounds our boldness and humility, and prayer as worship and kingdom partnership is a step that is needed to prepare us to come to that place of thankfulness. In the last two weeks, I I summarized right at the beginning that we are talking about the Lord's Prayer, and Father in heaven, hallowed be your name, is prayer as worship. It's putting God in his rightful place. It's acknowledging him as father in heaven, whose name is exalted and hallowed, whose name is holy. We hallowed the name of Jesus together at the beginning of our service this morning. It's worship. But it's also kingdom partnership. Last week, your kingdom come and your will be done here on this earth as it is in heaven. Of saying, God, we want what you want done to be done. Praying the kingdom to come is, Lord, we want what you want done to be done. And so worship prepares our heart as it lifts God to his rightful place. And it also humbles us to a place where we are able to say, yes, God, we want what you want done to be done. We want your will, your plans. That early part of the prayer brings us into a proper perspective and prepares us to be able to petition the Lord. But if we are going to be people of thanksgiving and, and add this piece in of thankfulness that grounds our boldness and humility, thankfulness is developed then by taking some time to remember. Taking some time to remember what God has done. Probably many of those nights before we went for Katie's ice cream or had the disappointment of not going in that Sunday evening service usually the first half hour was singing and there were many hymns that were sung and people would take the hymn book and they would call out numbers number 432 you know and the music pastor would flip it through and he'd just start playing and, and we'd, everyone would sing and one of the ones that came up a lot was count your blessings count your blessings name them one by one Count your blessings, see what God has done. Count your blessings, name them one by one. Count your many blessings, see what God has done. Now when I heard that, especially the count your blessings. Now now my brother, my brother loved doing this kind of like imitation opera thing. And so he would walk around the house and would operatically sing this, count your blessings, you know, he would do this whole thing. And it, because it, it struck us as funny, just the way it was like this big hole there as kids. But you know what? Those words sunk deep into my, my mind and deep into my soul. And whenever I think of, of thankfulness, do you know what comes to my mind first? Count your blessings, name them one by one. It's that remembering. It's remembering, it's taking time to be able to give thanks, to remember all that the Lord has done. Thankfulness grounds us. The practice of thankfulness, the practice of remembering all the things that God has done, puts us in a place where we are able to begin to pray both with boldness and with humility. See, oftentimes we pray from a position of, oh, blah, blah, blah. Anybody ever be there with me? Oh, God. I pray bitter, I pray angry, I pray frustrated. And we need sometimes in prayer to get those emotions out. But if I'm praying from God, I'm praying not from a place of God, I can't wait to see what you're gonna do. I'm praying from God. But if I come from a place first where I worship and I submit, but then I'm thankful, there's something that happens in my soul there's something that happens in my approach to prayer that I am able to begin to say, God, there's this need. But you have been so good. You've given me Jesus. You have been faithful before. I remember that time when you were faithful, when that need was there. And I give you thanks for the way that you responded in the past, the way that you answered my petition in the past, I give you thanks for that. And now instead of it being, it's, Lord, I'm coming into this humble because look what you did. Who am I that you would have moved and worked? Who am I that you would have heard and responded? Who am I, Lord? But thank you. That's humility. But also, God, I am so privileged to be able to come. I've been able to approach you boldly and you have heard and you have responded. So I come not in a demanding way, but I come saying, Lord, I believe because of what you have done, because of what your word says, I come and I am boldly going to ask because you are good. You are faithful. You hear. You are able to respond. And I come. I come in and with thanksgiving to pray boldly and humbly. A thankful heart allows us then to submit to God's will as we ask him for help and it allows us to ask boldly because we know that God is always good. thankfulness, developed in remembering, but brings us to a place to submit to his will as we ask him for help and to ask boldly because we know he's always good. A couple of essentials real quick as we would wrap this message up this morning. A couple of prayer as petition essentials. The first is this, ask. That may sound really simple, and a really like, oh uh, yeah, of course. But in James chapter four, it says this, you want something, James is talking about reasons that they don't see God answer prayer. It says you want something, but you don't get it. Here are obviously reasons he's not going to answer. You kill and covet, but you cannot have what you want. You quarrel and you fight, those are gonna be reasons why the Lord may not answer because there's stuff in our lives that isn't right and he's gotta deal with those things before he's gonna answer our prayers. But here's one reason that he doesn't answer. You do not have because you do not ask God. That seems really simple, but it has to be important enough that God, by the Holy Spirit, would would prompt James to write in his word this. One reason that you may not have your prayers answered is because you just haven't asked God. So ask. Ask. But when you ask, check your motives. The next verse, verse 3. When you ask, you do not receive. Why? Because you ask with wrong motives. That you may spend what you get on your pleasures. Now, this doesn't have to be the reason that everybody doesn't get what they ask for. But for James in his... In the church in Jerusalem, this was the reason that he was pointing out. Guys, listen, one reason that you're not getting what you're asking for is you're quarreling, you're fighting, you're doing all these things. But when you're asking, you're asking not because you want the will of the Father done. You're, want, you're asking because what you want to see, you want to spend it on all your pleasures. I don't know what the motive may be for you. I don't know what the motive all the time is for me. But it's something that as we ask, we ask the Lord, Lord, what's my motive in this? Am I asking for your will to be done? Or am I asking for mine? Prayer is petition essentials. Ask, check your motives, and pray in faith. Mark chapter 11, verse 24, Therefore I tell you, whatever you ask for in prayer, believe that you have received it, And it will be yours. Now, I know sometimes these verses get taken out of context. And it's like, if you just believe enough, believe, 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 you can get whatever you want. Where it's all about my faith. And if I have enough faith, I can pretty much do whatever I want. Now, that's biblically not a right place. And that stands in exact opposition to your kingdom come and your will be done, doesn't it? But there is a place, and sometimes we as human beings... We like to flow on the, the pendulum. And so we, there may be those who go and they say, it's all about your faith. And if you don't get what you want, it's because you don't have enough faith. So you got to have more faith and more faith and more faith. And the amount of your faith is going to be the amount that God gives you. And so we're like, Ugh, uh, that's not good. So then we go the other way and say, well, you know what? It's not really about faith. God's going to do whatever he's going to do. So I'm just going to kind of be like, okay, God, dude, you're going to handle it. Th- there is this place in the middle where we have to understand that there is a reality to faith on our part that is a part of what God does in answering prayer. Jesus wouldn't have said it if it wasn't true. And so he says, when we pray, we pray in faith. We pray believing that what we are asking for, that he hears, that he is able to answer, and that he will answer, and that he's able to do even the impossible. There is this place and this role of faith. Don't go too big with it that it's all on you. Don't throw it away. But understand that Jesus says when we pray, we ask. We ask with the right motives. And we pray in faith. When we pray too, we pray and don't give up. Which means there are times when you ask, and it's not like going to the vending machine and putting in your $1.50, hitting the button and getting what you want. Sometimes prayer is about laboring. Sometimes prayer is about persevering. Sometimes prayer is about, as one person said, and I don't know if I fully like this phrase, but it gets it. You get get the idea. It's about heckling heaven, (laughs) just being after heaven. Lord, I'm going to pray, I'm going to pray, until you say no or until you say yes or until you have given me a clear answer to this, I'm going to pray and I'm not going to give up. Jesus told a parable about this in Luke 18.1. Then Jesus told his disciples a parable to show them that they should always pray and not give up. And he told this parable about this widow who needed justice and went to this unjust judge. And this unjust judge who didn't care at all about her finally gave her what she wanted, not because he was a good guy, but because he just wanted her to leave him alone. And Jesus says, if the unjust judge is willing to answer, how much more will your father, who is good, hear and answer? God wants to answer, but sometimes he is welcoming us to really press into him and not give up sometimes we don't get answers to prayer because we've given up too early. Lastly, in all of this, it comes down to this reality that we need to submit to God's plans and not to ours. That's the sense of Matthew 6, 10. Your kingdom come, your will be done here on this earth as it is in heaven. What you want done, we want done. There is a submission ultimately, but he welcomes us to come with thanksgiving to ask boldly, but to ask also humbly for help in all of our needs. With all of this and through this series, we want to make sure that we spend some time actually doing what we're talking about, praying, Encourage you to be praying during the week. If you haven't gotten email devotionals or printed devotionals, uh, make sure that you get those if you want them. But we want to just take a few moments together to practice this, to actually engage. Christians, pray. We believe in the Alliance that prayer is the primary work of God's people. More than the service that we do, more than the sharing of the gospel that we are about, prayer is the primary work of the people of God. And so we want to take a few moments together to pray. We're not going to make this a big out loud prayer meeting today, but I would just, I'm going to lead you through just a few moments where you can engage individually with the Lord together in prayer. I would ask before we go there that you maybe would just take a moment to think about what is a need, what is a petition, something that I want to ask God for this morning. It may be something in your life. It may be something in another person's life. But what is it that God would be leading you to ask him for this morning, both boldly and humbly together? So I'll lead us through this this morning, just kind of prompt you along the way. There's no like formula, although there's gonna be a little bit of a formula in a sense, pattern that we're gonna follow. But the Lord just wants us to come into his presence to be with him. So let's go to prayer together. Jesus, we we look forward to this these next moments in prayer with you.